0: Welcome to the game with Glenn Quartermain and Adrian Barrage. Quartermain is a veteran footy scribe with hands so small he can only carry two pints. And Barra, an Eagles original, Earth Demons diehard and regular face on Channel 7. Hello, Adrian Barrage here from 7 News. He'll tell you about the 1991 Grand Final, except he got dropped after the prelim. Oh. We don't promise any fancy sound effects or bells and whistles... It's just two blokes talking football Yes, and welcome to the Quarters and Barra podcast I am out of hibernation, I am COVID negative Let's celebrate, but not yet in the studio due to a couple of little sniffles still But feeling much better, thank you for all your support I am Glenn Quartermain, the Chief Sports Writer for the West Australian With me is Adrian Barrish. Channel 7 newsreader, former Eagle and now president of the Perth Football Club. We are brought to you by Tab Touch. Better or bet with Tab Touch. Please gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you have any gambling issues. Barra, another amazing weekend of football. Um, I tell you what, I was fearful on Saturday. But I came good, and I think he ended up with six. So I I think that's a pretty good get at the weekend in terms of tipping.
1: Yeah, a couple of boilovers there. Uh, Ross Lyon just powers on too. He's got something magical about him. And your Hawks, mate, oh, jeepers. Let's
0: let's get on to that in a minute. Let's start with the issue of the day, and particularly the back page of the West Australian. We've copped a bit of flack over it. Luke Jackson. Uh, So his form hasn't been great over the first two rounds. And... um, We've gone pretty hard and we've copped a bit of criticism over it in terms of Luke Jackson and his output over the first two rounds. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, it is only two matches in um, and I suppose he is only 21 and he's going to be a long-term player for the club. So really you're going to be judged on whether you've made a good decision down the track. But I kind of understand the frustration because a lot of blokes did leave and he has sucked up a lot of money. And he, he took no marks in the first game and one mark in the second game. I, I think hes it's not really his fault, you know, because uh, I'm not sure they know how to use him yet. I mean, they call him the unicorn. In other words, he can basically do anything. But it turns out he can't really play key position forward line. He, he's not a great mark. It's, he's better to be in the midfield or on the wing or actually in the ruck. But they've already got Sean Darcy, who's a, a wonderful ruckman. So I think they'd probably be thinking, wow, have we thought this through? Enough. Um, there was an interesting stat because Ryan Daniels and I were having this discussion. I was going, you know, what, no mark in the first, no marks in the first round. That's not a great start, is it? And only one in the second. And then he pointed me to a Nick Nat's stats, and in 213 games, there's actually 45 games that Nick played where he didn't take a mark. 45 mm. matches. So though he does do a lot at the centre bounce, of course. And obviously you'll get judged in down the track, Jacko, but um, no action, Jackson. What, what was your view?
0: Well, the first point I'll make is when you're on big money, there's a price that comes with that. It's called pressure. And so far in the first two rounds, he hasn't delivered. So I think as a media outlet who people look to to cover the game, we're entitled to, to cover it as we see fit, you know, uh, in terms of his performance. He is a big name. I will temper it, however, by saying that it is two rounds of evidence. It's not a lot. Now, we talk about him being unable to take a mark. Now, I reckon a fair bit of it comes down to the midfield, but I reckon the midfield, while they were smashing clearances the weekend again, they got it better. I reckon they were um, a little bit quicker and more direct more often than they were in round one. They're still not there yet. But if you look at it, I think Luke Jackson was targeted 10 times. Um, Taberna 8 I think So the point is Luke Jackson Actually got his hands to the footy quite a bit Now he didn't hold any um, Darcy was another culprit There who couldn't hang on to them But I reckon if you're getting into position Where you're taking the marks I think it's your halfway there So it's better than not being anywhere near it So I'm going to say there's evidence That he's almost there So let's just, just wait and see What develops here As for his position, clearly there's no they're still working out how it's going to work between him and Sean Darcy. Sean Darcy's down, form is down as well. Let's not beat about the bush there. Where do they play him? I think you've got to stick with him at the moment. I mean, he. I think you stick with where you've got. But the one option I'll throw at you uh, in terms of a uh, emergency break glass. maybe you could put him out in the wing. I reckon they're missing a bit out there. Now, if you look at the two players in the who, who they left, lost in the postseason, there's no doubt they're missing the big body of Akins. Mm-hmm. And there is no doubt they're missing Rory Lobb. Now, people will hate me for saying this, but what did Rory Lobb do? He's two metres and he can take a contested mark. They're really missing that so far. They're no, just devoid of contested marks in that forward half. So be careful what you wish for, Freya. Now, we'll break that game down a bit later on when we get into the games, but... Yeah, it's a really interesting watch with the
1: so Jackson. So you're actually saying you reckon he's not far off. He's he's knocking oh, on the door. The only thing I would oh, say I with the only thing I would say with that is that um, and, uh, I'm loathe to say this because I love the bloke, but he's and it's his birthday today. He's fifty five, so it's probably not ideal timing. But there was a bloke in our team who played centre half forward. His name was Carl Langdon, and he copped the nickname Nearly because he he nearly mark it. Uh, when he went for the ball, you know what I mean? And I just hope that that doesn't happen with Jacko as well because it, it, I, I checked his stats at Melbourne and he didn't take a lot of marks there either, my friend. No, but his only. His, his, his game is to actually as an athlete to charge out of the middle he's like a giant midfielder so I don't know I think they need to think it through and I get that I was talking to Ben Cousins about it yesterday he was talking about the pressure of the big money and if you're on 900k people get a bit weird about it all and even your teammates your fans certainly do hang on you spent all this money on you and we lost a heap of blokes and you're not doing anything so they they react the coaches do a bit as well but the players if you're on the next locker to him and you're on 400,000 so he's on twice your money and you're getting more marks and doing more you do start to think hey hang on mate so I don't know where it goes you know I'm hoping that we're all right and that down the track it all turns around it's just I think they need to work out exactly what his role is and maybe let him have a chance at, at, at crack it, at just being in that position for the entire match.
0: But the problem is, I think they don't know, and I don't think even he knows truly what he well, is. Well, you can't yet, have you
1: know. two. You can't really have two rucks in the AFL nowadays. I mean, I think Melbourne got away with it because Maxi was magnificent, and. Uh Brody's, uh, what's his name? Grundy. so sort of, Brody Grundy. Yeah. Brody Grundy copped it and said, okay, even though you said I could be the number one ruckman, I, uh, I'm i not. I'm happy with that. But now Gorn's injured. The rest of the teams, they're only going with one ruckman. Even the Eagles just went with one. And it'll be interesting to see this weekend if they think they have to throw uh, someone else in there to ruck to help Waterman out as the backup ruckman now that the Dockers have got two ruckmen, So... Yeah, in some ways, it's a, it is a good chance for Jackson to be consolidate his position at, maybe at full forward. Maybe he just stays down there and he plays on Barras and we see what happens.
0: Now, the other big issue from the weekend, uh, well, there are a couple more, but the, uh, one of them uh, was the lights out on Friday night, Brisbane v Melbourne at the Gabba. Now, um, I have a couple of uh, points to make here, Barra. Mm-hmm. The first is, there's a recent history here so you had a big bash game that was um, abandoned a couple of years ago at the Gabba. Um, I think both teams received equal points. Uh, day one of the uh, Ashes Test Series at the Gabba a couple of years ago, all power went out. So the broadcasters lost power, um, the corporate boxes lost power, uh, and then on Friday night again we saw that the, the, the power, um, I think it was 48 minutes. So my point is if they can't guarantee that this won't happen again, I'm saying... No more night matches this year at the Gabba. Now, that creates a bit of a fixturing problem, but I don't think they can risk it. And certainly no finals matches at the Gabba at night if they can't guarantee it. Now, there's going to be... Um, initially, it was 1000000000 billion. They're talking even it could blow out to $2 billion. Um, a revamp of the Gabba leading up to the 2032 Olympic Games. Now, if they can't guarantee no more night games until that stadium is revamped, is my call. We can't have that happening again.
1: That's a big big statement. Considering they hosted the AFL Grand Final and they were able to do that and they guaranteed that, I I, I suspect what will happen now is whatever they brought into place during that final series will happen again now. What about Chris Fagan saying that um, Melbourne were given an unfair advantage? Oh, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Barrett. Uh, the last time I checked, the last time I checked, both teams had forty-eight minutes off the ground. Now I think he might be referring to the fact that Melbourne was out there. First. Yeah, Melbourne were out there earlier. Warming so there's up, mate. There's some confusion o- over that. But look, you know, both teams had the same amount of time to prepare for the final. Um, what was it? Ten minutes? Mm-hmm. Fifteen minutes? Whatever it was. Anyway. So if if Brisbane weren't prepared for the fact that Melbourne were going to go hard and direct and just take the game on, then they're kidding themselves. Of course Melbourne was going to do that. They had nothing to lose um, but gain percentage, and they certainly did that. I'm so of the belief that if there's an opportunity to finish the game within the rules, which there was, you have to play the game out because you need to um, ensure the integrity of the competition in terms of percentage to teams. Now, you know, so that's my view. I think they did the right thing. And I think it's just soaking from Brisbane's behalf. So, no, it is fairly sooking, Barrett. <laughs> Seriously. Comparing
1: uh, on, you're all, still... All I'll say is, as the next player I would say, if I was off the ground for 38 minutes, I mean, it depends how old you are too, but if you're one of the older players and you're off for 38 minutes and you... 48, can't... actually, yeah. Was it 48, was it? I thought it was I think so, yeah. Anyway. Okay. It was a long time. It was more than half an hour, which is a long time yeah. in my book. So, <laughs> be, yeah. you know, if you're starting to cool down and mentally switch off and then you've got to fire up for 13 minutes, I think it was 13 minutes... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I sort of I sort of agree with the lines a little bit. As you're like, call it off, boys. Come on, call it off. What if someone gets injured? If there'd been a couple of hammies done, we'd be having an entirely different conversation. You know what I mean? Like, why would why did you go back out there? Lockie Neal's done his ammy. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I see where you're going with it, but I, and and I think Fagan was just carrying on about the fact that Melbourne were allowed out earlier than his team. I don't know how that worked out. Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: There's a lot of confusion over that. Anyway, I thought. I was glad they got to play the game out. Right. It was a, it was a thrilling final um, period, wasn't it? They kicked five goals to- in a row. Melbourne. Having having said that, I was watching it, hoping that Brisbane won because they deserve to win the game, and the right the right team got the four points. And when so. you're
1: leading, mate, you're you're at a disadvantage. You are naturally oh. because you're already you already think you're winning the game, and so they, yeah, they've I'm, got nothing to lose. They can play any any old sort of brand.
0: Well, you would turn it up. Then this is if you're at the pointy end of the ladder and you're in the Premiership window, which they regard themselves as being. You got to be prepared for this stuff. Five so unanswered
1: this, goals, mate. I would, I wouldn't have been going hard at the ball either. I'm thinking, I'm not getting injured here for this. Pupurama, 13 minutes. We're going to win anyway,
0: and that's yeah, exactly and what happened. But anyway, anyway, what else you got, now, my friend? Well, we saw fewer. Well, hardly any, really. Um, we didn't see the the uh, the bump. There was fewer instances of the bump, that's for sure. But we did see some pretty ordinary sling tackles, and once again, the AFL. As we said last week, well, as I said last week, I thought they got it pretty well right, and I think they've got it pretty well right again. So Nathan Broad deserves every bit of three weeks. Now, he'll face the tribunal, maybe get more. But I'd be comfortable with three for that, that sling tackle. Three Um, weeks.
1: But do you have to take into account the disparity between and experience between the players? Like, the young bloke, I mean... (laughs) You know, what are the young bloke do? What, you what are you going to do, though, with a young bloke? You, you just go in as hard as you can, and he's not hes not prepared for it for because of lack of experience, but he's also not... hasn't got the weight and the strength. I don't know. It's a tricky one, mate, because you can't you can't sort of look at the player and go, oh, hang on, it's a little bloke. I've got to go easier. It, it, that's, you just can't switch off yeah. like that.
0: Well, I thought... It, Patrick Parnell, we're talking about the Adelaide player, who was concussed. And that... Look, I think... Uh, there was a fair bit in that tackle that was unnecessary. So I think – He was trying to throw so him that,
1: out of bounds, wasn't he, or
0: something like no, that? No, worse than that, mate. It was a, a fair to sling, and his head hit the ground, and he's skin cast, and I think he deserves every bit of it. He put his hand up afterwards and said, yeah, I, I got that wrong. So, Well, yeah, let me uh, let
1: me ask you this then. Do you – so you're saying that he should hold back because the guy's smaller. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying he should be. Because he was a big guy, he wouldn't have been able to be flung like that. It's only because he was a piddly bloke that he, he did. And so, okay, are you saying, saying. So, let me just go with this. Yeah. And, and so, pretend I'm in court, right? I'm playing the lawyer role. So, are you saying if a guy backs into a pack, that you shouldn't go as hard at him anymore? You shouldn't try to hurt him like we do? Are you saying because, of, saying, because of concussion that the guy who's coming back into a pack, I go, whoa, whoa, I better take it easy here. I might knock him out. Is that what you're saying? Hang on. This is completely different.
0: Um, Why is it different? Hang on. We're talking about a sling tackle, right? Yeah, okay. So, so, okay, just let me finish. The sling tackle itself, I'm saying there was – a fair bit of GST on that sling tackle. I'm saying whether he was small, whether he was tall. And that's what you do. You
1: try to hurt the blade. But because he was small, he wasn't able to protect himself at all or get his arm free.
0: But that's the very point. When you're. We don't want to see those sorts of. When you've got to protect the head bearer. And in this instance, there was no protection of the head. Now, Broad had an opportunity not to put the GST on that tackle, and he did so. So I think I think he deserves everything he gets.
1: All right, we'll go back to my other example. If a yep. bloke's backing into a pack and you think you can take him out and hurt him, do you still do it?
0: Um, well, you can, but I think that's different to a sling tackle
1: barrow. Don't keep – mate, just to answer the question. Do you still do it? Well, I think some players will, yes. Of course they will. That's that's their job It's is to, you know – you can make you know, blokes earn it so they don't back into packs and they don't, They start going, you know what? I ain't going back there where people... Yeah, I, don't,
0: I, I don't see any correlation between the two, to be honest. I really don't. Well, just stay two on two.
1: that issue then. Forget about correlation. We're talking about the concussion issue. Should players now stop taking out blokes who are backing into packs?
0: Well, they probably should, Barrett, to be honest. But, so what but do, mean, they're they're not, what do they're they're they do? They stand to...
1: there and they just sort of... Do they do they modify? Do they just jump straight up in the air and try not to jump into him, or do they just let him mark well, think, well, it? What I, do they well, do think, quarters? Where are you going with this? Well, I think if you've got the opportunity, you haven't to, thought it through, mate.
0: Oh, I've thought it through, Barra. I have absolutely thought it through. If you have the opportunity to um, bump and you choose to, and there's contact with the head, then you're in trouble. Simple as that.
1: Yeah, and just okay. So I have to give it to you again. If absolutely. You're backing, have, absolutely you right. have you ever backed into a pack? Have
0: you ever backed into a pack? Oh, I backed into one or two, but I yeah. won't say was the most courageous player as ever I'm, running around. I'm
1: not having a go at your courage, but I'm just saying, have you backed? If you've backed into a pack, you know it's a very tough thing to do, and you know there's traffic coming the other way. Jonathan Brown did it relentlessly in his career. One he got away with when he he could have died, and basically it was mark of the year, wasn't it? So, do you let them just come back with the ball now because of a concussion? That's what I I'm think saying.
0: A, I think there's a difference between um, a player backing into a pack. And um, a player deliberately running into a player, so you know there can be. There's also got to be um, some responsibility onto the player backing into the pack.
1: Exactly, um, exactly. But so you're saying, what,
0: and you know what happens then?
1: Quarters, he ends up on those footy shows because he didn't back into the pack. He didn't so put his <laughs> head over the ball, and they highlight it. And the media goes, "Oh, that was a bit soft." Kane Corn says, "Mate, well check this out, Jason okay. and Francis. You know, whatever."
0: Okay, so, so... So where are we going uh, with this? Uh, okay, I'll tell you where we're going with it if you'll let me finish. A couple of years ago, I've raised this point. I raised it last year. I've raised it already again this year. Maybe it's time for the media to um, change its language a bit, Barrett. Maybe it's time for us to stop. So a player running with the flight of the ball that takes a couple of short steps, maybe it's time for that to be okay. Mm. Maybe it's time for a blo- players not to back into packs. And maybe it's time for us to stop pointing out when they do so and lionising those who do. Now, I'm not saying that players don't have great courage when they do so. Jonathan
1: Jonathan Brown won mark of the year for going back with the flight of the ball. So, mate, it's not just the media. The whole organisation, the whole of football, turns you into a hero if you do things like that.
0: But we can certainly change the narrative or help to change the narrative, Barra, if we... You know, if we stop um, pulling blades up for doing so, because you know, to be honest, you're running with the flight of the footy. Let's use Jordan Lewis for an example. A few years ago, if you're running with the flight of the footy and uh, you 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 know you're knocked out, you miss two two three weeks what good are you to to your team? Why not take the short... Use use your common sense. So I'm saying maybe it's time to use a bit of common sense now when, when there's not really any value in going with that flight of the footy. I think we've got to change the narrative. And once we do, I think players will find it easier to do those things And I wouldn't be surprised if there's directives within clubs as well. I mean, yes, you've got to go hard at the footy. But, I mean, there's there's courage and there's courage. Even
1: even head over the ball. Like Joel Selwood, how many times was he knocked out? I mean, did he need to be knocked out that many times? So you're saying, "Let's, let's tell Joel, Joel, please, don't put your head in the hole. All the time, mate. I mean, it's very dangerous. It's you changing the philosophy of the game. We're changing the fabric of the game. I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I actually quite. I've got, I've got a son. I, if he backs into the pack and gets poleaxed, uh, I'm not happy. You know, I don't. I don't want to see him have. You know get brain damage. So, maybe you're right, mate. But I don't know what the punters think. I don't know if they'd go along with it. Do you? When you cross the line, you get the big money. You sign the contracts you put yourself out there it's a little bit like going to war a little bit i'm not comparing it with war but i'm just saying it's a little bit like being a warrior and all that sort of stuff do we do we say now okay let's preserve ourselves and let's let the media and the game we don't give big awards for courageous going back with the backpack marks you know you're taking your own life in your own hands if you want to do it but we get no credit for it is that wh- where we go you
0: reckon Well, I think surely there's a blend there. Surely we can use a bit of common sense, but there's still a lot of courage in the game. It's still as hard as it's ever been. It's just hard in different ways. It's hard to gut run. It's hard to... You can still, you know, put your head over the footy. But I think there are times when, and the evidence we have now that suggests there are times when we don't have to do that. We can just be smarter about it. So Might be be
1: one for email then. What do you reckon? Quarters and Barra. So (laughs) Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-S and Barra. At WANews.com.au That's it. Bunters, what do you think send in your email? What do you think? we're not we're not on either side of the argument. We're just discussing philosophically if they if blokes started pulling out of contests and they weren't getting sort of lambasted about it in the media and they weren't getting uh, toweled up by blokes saying, Oh, they lack courage, how would you feel about that? Is that is that the way to go now with the concussion dramas?
0: Now, Barra there's another controversy over the weekend um, before we even get on to the outer bounds we'll talk about that in a minute when we go through the Fremantle game but um, I believe within the the um, confines of the channel 7 um, compound uh, there's we, we're calling it car park gate is that right can you elaborate? <laughs> oh, man.
1: <laughs> man, this is this is an absolute classic so we've got We've got the uh, former Brownlow medalist. Oh well, he's not a former Brownlow medalist. He's still a Brownlow medalist. So I never worked that one out. So Brownlow medalist Ben Cousins working with us now. He comes in to work a couple of days a week. Um, he's always wanting to start early at 9am, which is a bit tricky for his uh, his mentor Barra. So, but uh, I try to hose him down a bit, keep up the enthusiasm going, but uh, not. Uh, so he, he comes in. Here. You know how we've got these giant car parks here at Channel Seven or the Seven West, and you know the one out the back. You can't really see it. It's still got a hidden entry. So he did not know that there was another car park out the back. So he's driving around, going, "Jeepers, where am I going to park? I haven't been allocated a car park." And just for the record, quarters,
0: have you got a car park here? No, I just I'm with the par- I'm just a man of the people. Barbara. Yeah, you I and
1: just, me. So you and me. That's why we're on air together. Because I haven't. I've been here for thirty years. Thirty years. People have grown up. Watching me on television, and I've never asked for a car park, and I and I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't do it. But there is an undercover area, which is the elite sort of the A listers are in there, right? Oh yeah. And so then there's so there's Rick and Sue, and there's Samantha Jolly, and then there's a car park for sport, right? And so obviously Ben's driven in and going, oh well, it says sport. I'm I'm going in here, right? And he comes upstairs. Gotten something, went downstairs to get his jacket and he says, oh, I've got some uh, letters on my car. You know, so someone said, like, like the the security people have come out and said, um, how dare I park there and this is no good. And I'm going, oh, geez, I hope you haven't parked in the boss's car park. No, no, it's right next to Rick and Sue. I goes, oh, were you Really? And so then Ben finishes up, and then in comes Rhino, Ryan Daniels, and he goes, I can't believe it. Somebody parked in my car park. <laughs> I've gone to security. I've complained. Oh. I wanted to put over the loudspeaker, whoever whoever drives car, 1E75. <laughs> Let's get it towed or something. He, uh, he didn't go that far, but he he was not happy, the great man. And so, and so then they come back up together, both of them, and they work out that it was Cassie who driven <laughs> into into Ryan's car park and. Uh, and, and you know what it's like when you've just taken over as the main sort of presenter. You're, you're a little bit insecure. You know, you're thinking, oh, is Basil ever going to come back? And is Barrage, you know, is he, what's he doing? And, <laughs> and now Benny's lobbed up and he's doing a bit of presenting as well. <laughs> so he must have been well, thinking, hang on, there's been a coup already. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what,
0: Barra, Ben's more than welcome out the back with the batman. <laughs> yeah, with, with you, you and me. Mate. There's been a coup, as Jacko would say. <laughs> <laughs> Now, let's get on to some games, Barra. Um, On Sunday, they saluted for the first time in um, 39 weeks, the West Coast Eagles, 14-16-100, the GWS 11-15-81. Now, Barra, I'll just give you some context here for West Coast supporters. You're going to hose it down. I'm not going to hose it down. Oh, okay, I'm just okay. saying this, this. This drives home how long it's been between drinks. Yeah, right. Thirty-nine weeks is a period of gestation. You could have conceived and had your baby since the last win on June 24 last season. Yeah. So that's how long it's been between drinks. They've given Look, birth to
1: a win finally.
0: <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't perfect, Barra. Um, I think the second quarter was. Uh, I think the hot second highest. Scoring quarter ever at Optus Stadium. I think it was fifty-three points. So mm. it all clicked in that second quarter. I think there was a better four-quarter performance as well. But before I talk about the, I've got to give kudos to GWS too. Um, that was a pretty valiant effort given they were out in their feet the week before. They were missing, you know, a number of key players, Himmelberg. Kelly, Whitfield, um, great effort by Cornelio, who started the season off with a bang. Um, we know how good we know how good Toby Green is, 4-2 from 18 positions. Um, great, Jesse Hogan in really good form too so far this year, presented over four quarters, and Tom Green's just a superstar in the making. And poor old Weir, um, second week in a row, copped a bit of a crap mixer. But um, it was a nice, there's a perfect example of that hip and shoulder um that got weir um now it was unfortunate for him i think he's done an ac but that
1: is a perfect shoulder so barrel. A perfect example, so he's going to miss a month. There's no though.
0: head contact. <laughs> no, but, there, but there are incidental footy injuries in footy. Incidental. Is, hang on, hang on. No, incidental.
1: He ran through him.
0: No, mate. So you're still no saying
1: head. that's okay, is it? But as long as and you don't hit the head. You can do that, I, uh, wreck yeah. his shoulder, but just don't hit his head.
0: You know, he didn't mean to wreck the shoulder. I mean, oh. that's just incidental. But <laughs> well, he didn't go into that contact saying, I'm going to wreck his shoulder here. He went in there saying, I'm going to give him." Executed a really good hip and shoulder. Yeah. Um. So that's just the way I'm just it goes. Just pointing
1: out the great, it's a very, very
0: good. Because where,
1: if he had to hit his head, you'd be going, different story. you'd be carrying on like a pork chop right well,
0: now. Well, I would. It's a different story <laughs> if he hits his head, though. That's the point. So mate. how that was he
1: able to judge that, do you think? Was it a complete fluke or did
0: he get no, no, down no. low or what how did he actually not hit his head? It, it looked like it was a perfect from both players actually, because there's also the onus on the on, on weir as well. I think sometimes, you know, you can do that, you can execute that hip and shoulder perfectly. Now if he had a um, you know, hit him in the head, then that you choose to bump, and you hit him the head, and you pay the price. So, you know, I think I think
1: well, there well, are... I wouldn't be encouraging it, though, mate. If you're no, no, a lot of could happen, you know.
0: <laughs> no, no, and a lot of and a lot of teams are now saying don't do that. So it would have been interesting to see what Adam Simpson suggested after the game. But you know, I, I just think that was a to me that was a good old hip and shoulder. Um, we saw the best of the Eagles for one quarter, I reckon. And yeah, what we second what quarter. we saw though, we saw was um you know darling and we saw alan who's he, he's still rusty but he's he's growing you know and i think we saw them sinking with their running patterns and it's only been two weeks after i think alan had a year off last year um and we saw you know waterman uh, probably play his best game for the eagles with four goals mm-hmm. crips strike some form and um we saw the midfield sing and we saw a couple of other eye openers too. For me, Jermaine Jones off a half-back his Yeah, so I think, I, I, I think that's ch-
1: that has changed. He did play a bit. At half back last year, but when Willie left, they threw him forward, or they knew yeah. he was going, and they thought, you know, we're going to have to make him into that forward. But they didn't, they couldn't, so they put him off half back, and that was his best game. Could be a breakout game, it was certainly a breakout game for Waterman. Four goals. He's been at the club for seven years, so he probably needs to step up, and he knows that he does, and and he and he's taken that big step. He's actually the backup ruckman as well, which is incredible, really, when you think about it. I don't know if he can be the backup ruckman against the two Dockers blokes. We can discuss that later. But the main driving force to get him on the road in the first quarter was Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly had, I think, eight possessions, kicked a goal. He looked super, and he looked up and about, and it makes so much difference. And, And he was exposing the exhausted Giants blokes, and that was the word I had for them, exhausted and injury. So... I was pretty happy with the way they beat the underman giants, but that's kind of where they're at, isn't it? They have to beat the underman giants at home when they're exhausted. If they don't, then you've got a real problem. And great to see the four young. But Noah Long showed a bit again, didn't he? It was, yeah, he was. did. Jimby played on, buddy. Um, Green, Tom Green. He, Green got yep. it, and so that Tom was. A, that was a great coaching by Simmer to show,
0: uh, Jimby where he's got to get. I to. thought he did. I thought he did it right too. I think mean, Tom Green is—he's always very hard to beat. He's always good over four quarters. But I thought he. I thought Jimby did not look out of place against him, and I thought it was a big call in his second game, but clearly, clearly shows how much um, respect they have for Jimby and how mature he is for such a young player that they give him that role. Well,
1: they're just trying to fast-track him too, mate. They're going to whack him on everyone like that. you will probably get Pendlebury or you might even get Buddy Degoey or whoever. You just get put him in there, see how the great players, as long as you don't get flogged and it kills your confidence, see how the great players go and then you just go. It's like when... When Judd came to the Eagles, when Judd arrived at the Eagles, the first thing he did was he went along to the coach and said, who's the greatest trainer here? Who trains the best? Who's the hardest trainer? And they said, Ben Cousins. So that entire preseason, he just copied Ben Cousins, did exactly what Ben did. Um, and as it turned out, he was the right bloke in terms of work ethic. Uh, and this is mm-hmm.
0: way back when, yeah. So I thought it was also a very good performance from Samo Petrovsky's seat. He, he, he might have had better games, but I... For me, that was the best game I've seen him play for the for the Eagles, and I tell you, who's a real key to them. It's no surprise, and I just I'm touching wood as I'm saying this is Luke Shuey's performance. He's so important to them. He's obviously the captain, but um, I just hope he can stand up and and get some games in his legs, as he did towards the end of last year. But you can just see he's not as quick as he was, but he's still a very very smart footballer. And so important to them, and you know, I think even in week one, he was probably their best player uh, in the loss. So, um, you know, a bit to cheer about for the Eagles. There's a a pretty tough run ahead, so it's very important for them to get a win on the board. It's going to be.
1: You're right about Shuey. Spot on, mate. Well said. It's going to be an interesting. It's an intriguing derby now because. You know, the Dockers, are they losing confidence? Uh, they've got to go up against McGovern and Barass in their forward line. So, you know, can they score? I mean, it's... Well, this
0: is the, this is the other thing, and we'll talk about it in depth on Thursday when we preview the round. But, you know... We talk about going quick and long into a forward line. Well, you can't do that against the Eagles because they'll they'll force dirty ball, and you know they love that with, with mm. Barras and the Governor, two of the best interceptors in the competition. brass looks a little bit off at the moment. Um, yeah,
1: well, Sue got hold of him, and he wasn't he wasn't super. I mean, I, I thought it was interesting that Shannon Hearn had to play on Toby Green. He must be hang on. It's me last. That was season. a good call, actually. That was a good call. I know, but th- that. W- that smacks of trying to win the game, doesn't it? And I, I get that they have to do that. But, wow, you know, like, it, it's his last season, and are we really in that mode? Are we more about, redeve- you know, developing and giving blokes a look at some of the great players, or are they, just, you know, are they just no one to play on him?
0: Now you know what they both have? They probably have the two highest footy IQs on the field last weekend. So I think Simpsons has put of a high footy IQ player on a high footy IQ player because uh, Shannon Hearn's been around for a long time. He's a big body, and t- Toby Green's almost unmatchable. So I thought it was pretty good. Yes, he kicked 4-2, still very influential, but I thought he did a pretty good job, she- Hearn, to be quite honest.
1: I heard, I heard someone say a funny joke about the Dockers forward line for this week about, um, this, you know that uh, Dane Bracovic? It's made a bit yep. of publicity. They're saying, where, you know, where should we, where should we put him? Careful, where we going here, Bara? Let's put him where the, where he's no threat. And somebody said, look, the Dockers forward line. <laughs> that's <wasn't> a bad <laughs> gag Oh, that's a bit harsh. I think, that'll, harsh. I think that'll come out a come out a few times. <laughs> well, but let's talk, like, about talk
0: about that game. Let's later. talk. Yeah, let's talk about that game on Saturday before we get into the other games. North Melbourne 11 eleven seven seventy three. Fremantle ten twelve seventy two absolutely gone for all money with four minutes to, to go and somehow manufactured um, a close game. Um, Jay O'Meara went forward and kicked two. Brennan Cox managed to kick one. I thought that the umpires, for what it's worth, did a magnificent job in real time in calling the accurate decision. So it was, it was the right decision. It was um, game over, north one point in front, Couple of things I'll point out. I was I would would have thought North would have been desperately unlucky not to win that game. So the right team won. The other thing I'll point out is that they Luke Ryan long bomb into the uh, to the top of the square. You had Sean Darcy, Luke Jackson, Brennan Cox in that pack. Now there was some um, North Melbourne talls in there as well, but surely one of them fisted the ball through for a behind. Now I would have thought at that point, one point down, you've still got the opportunity force the behind, you've levelled the scores, get north to kick out and you really um, and pull the trigger and see if you can force a turnover. I so you're, thought,
1: saying, you're saying go, get the tie or get the draw yeah. and then work on getting the goal rather than trying, well, you trying to win the game.
0: Well, you uh, haven't taken a contested mark in that forward line for, for pretty well four quarters. Mm. I say play the percentages, force the draw and get them to pull the trigger See if you can force the turnover. So from if you, the
1: uh, let's let's follow this through. So if C- Brennan Cox goes up and spoils the ball through the goals, what do you reckon Longmuir's um, feeling would be if they get it, if it's a draw? Would he, you, would you, he
0: say you, why didn't you try to win the game? Why didn't you try to mark it? No, I think I think you, you you played the percentages in this instance, the way the game was going, and I think you walk away. What would you rather have the two points or no points?
1: Yeah, know. it's a massive call though. You, you, you're out there to win the game. What did you think mm-hmm. about the deliberate out of bounds? So, oh, was, delef- oh, it was definite, deliberate. He was. Def- I tell you what, that kid Sheasel, mate. How good is he? Did you see that little soccer he did earlier in the game when he cleared the ball, oh, yeah. mate? He's very special, that kid. But uh, well, they got
0: two, two at the moment. I mean, Luke Davies in the acting. If I don't know those so far. I mean, he was
1: he was. He did get caught by Sean Darcy in that last quarter, which was crucial, and the ball went down, and that was yep. Jager's first goal. But the back to the deliberate out of bounds. Clearly, it was <laughs> deliberate out of bounds. When did the siren go? Was the ball across the line? And the other question was, who would have taken the kick? I think Pierce was there, Hughes, and maybe Walters. Would any of them have made the distance for behind? Maybe. Could they have kicked the goal? It was it smacked of a bit of Ballantine, but well, you could, gonna, it, you're could gonna, he get the distance? I'll,
0: I reckon one of them would have got... Yeah, I reckon they'd get the distance um, in terms of at least you're going to force a behind and a draw. But my point is, if you, if the scoreboard's already level, you, you're an opportunity to win it. And I just think they missed an opportunity there. Look, people will disagree with me, but that would have been my call. That was the percentage player course... You're talking about very fatigued bodies late in the, in the game, so it's easy for me to say, looking on from the sidelines.
1: I'm worried about their midfield now. I'm, I know you're not, but I thought they were better. So, so I thought they were better. They got killed in the clearances, so they won. Yeah. They won that knock. They hit out, so they, 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 their uh, ruckman dominated, but they couldn't clear the ball two weeks in a row. They've been thrashed in the clearances, in fact, I think they were the worst clearance team. Of the round. And so that really worries me about their size now because Fifey's not there, Mundy's not there. I don't know what's going on with Will Brody. He doesn't play as much in the middle and he probably isn't playing as well as he was last year. So maybe he played above himself. Now he's got the new contract. They actually threw Switkowski in in the last quarter. Yeah, that, that was I don't one, know of, that. one of the pivotal moves. It wasn't so much O'Meara going to full forward. I think he went to full forward but mainly because they had to put Switzkowski in the middle. I mean, they're clutching at straws a little bit, there, aren't they? And oh, I don't know. So I
0: don't that mind that move. I don't mind that move. I like Switkowski. I thought that was a good move. What I'm They've saying is they're un-
1: they're undersized. I feel like they're yes. undersized compared to every other club. When you look at the size of um, Brayshaw and you look at the size of Sarong, I uh, do, do. So maybe it opens the door for Fife. I know they'd be reluctant to move him, but and his body's not great at the moment. But with Mundy gone, Brody not doing what he was doing, Jager. Obviously, he's not doing the job that Mundy was doing, who used to go inside 50 all the time. Maybe maybe it opens the door for Fifey, which sounds like he will play too in the Derby.
0: Well, it sounds like the door's open, doesn't it? They have said it. Um, interesting Justin Longmuir's um, feeling last week. There was two weeks, but Peter Bell has already indicated that the door is open. So let's hope he plays. Um, and look, we, we'll see what happens. There are a couple of options, Barra. I think Nathan O'Driscoll... Into on, perhaps onto a wing, um, he can play. Um, he can play a role.
1: So who goes think, out? Does Liam? Spotted. Does Liam go out or Hughes go out then?
0: Oh look, I'd probably. I'd keep um, Liam Henry in the side. I think he showed enough. I think he gives him something. I wouldn't mind seeing Frederick play a bit further upfield. I think his pace worries teams. We almost seems like we're getting almost from Frederick, but not enough. Mm. Sam's Sam Sturt's another um, player, interesting one who could come in yeah, if, yeah. Fife, if Fife was to go into the mid. You could have Sam yeah. Sturt. He's a natural goal kicker, and they—that's the moment they're lacking. That the other—the other player that's really interesting is Hayden Young. Now, cop one early um, against North Melbourne, but you know, played the game out. Um, he is now a player off that halfback flank that opposition teams are targeting. Liam Shields, I think, went to him at the weekend because clearly he's being seen as. They're very influential with that beautiful precision kicking he's got. Hmm. He's possibly an option to move further up the field as well. So well, they also, have also
1: don't forget uh, okay this it comes down to now is what sort of what sort of zone are they in. If they're going all out premiership then they're probably not going to promote Johnson and Erasmus right now, are they? I mean, they're going to keep keep going with the blokes that got in there and maybe you're right. O'Driscoll is the one that comes in. I don't know what's happened to Walker. He was playing a bit last year. But Johnson, he, he's the future and so is Erasmus but Johnson in particular in the midfield. I'd love to see him back in there but it feels like they're not at that stage. So there'll be a lot of discussions going on, wouldn't there, down at Coburn as to where are we oh, yeah. where are we going with this midfield? How are we going to tweak yeah. it? Let me ask you about Fifey because you know about plantar fasciitis and you remember when robert harvey had it remember yes i do
0: oh I famous story tell the story well he's he's um i think buckley might have done a similar thing too so harvey just so they say that with plantar fasciitis say that you um it's better to, to just snap the tendon so it can heal than have it just cursing you all year long it, it's you know it's very very painful so robert harvey actually jumped off a chair and snapped it <laughs> and um, deliberately and played on. So there's a some, th- I might say took <laughs> some intense short-term pain for some long-term <laughs> game and it actually worked in his favor. I'm so, not saying so if anyone you're saying out you saying Fifey
1: there... should do that? Get a bar no. get, get a bar No. Stool, get a bar stool, Fifey, no. And... So there's a thick band of tissue that connects the heel bone, obviously, to the toes. And it's, that's the... and you can jab it. It's very painful, I can tell you. Because he had it a lot. He played with it a lot. There's a steroid injection. Very, very painful. Yeah. And I think what's going to happen now, if if I'm reading it right, it feels like Fifey's gone, you know what? We're in strife here. And if we lose to the... If we lose... If we go on three, there's only been two teams... Yeah, in the last decade, to have, have fit, gone zero and three, and made the finals two out of twenty-eight. So, you know, it's 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 crisis time if they lose. So, it feels like Fifey as a leader is thinking, you know, what I've got to play. I just got to get through here, and I just got to I got to make a difference. I, I agree, be, with and, agree with that. Agree with that. Let's move.
0: Let's move through the other games quickly, Barra, because um, we've got to get to some mail. We've had a good response this week. Essendon v Gold Coast Sunday, Essendon 16-12-108, Gold Coast 11-14-80. Um, I think yet again we saw Gold Coast fade in the game. Um, look, they're, they're getting some moles in the legs, but it's the same old, same old. It's Miller, it's Matt Rowell, um, it's Sam Collins down back. I just don't think there's enough, um, enough there from the other players who haven't quite risen. Uh, Essendon, I don't know where they're at. I mean, they... They, who have they beaten? They've beaten Gold Coast at home and they've beaten a very young Hawthorne side. They're well, on top of the ladder, aren't they? Yeah. Well, no, they're, no, they're third. But, uh, look, I'll tell you what I did like at the weekend. I love where Zach Merritt's gone. Um, I love the inclusion of Setterfield. I think he's mm, really yeah, he's given super. them something. Langford, Carl Langford, Langford Carl Langford's amazing. Five goals, so a career best. He's played half-back the week before. He's been a bit of a everywhere man for them, but I thought he was his performance was very notable. Um, You can see what Brad Scott's doing. There's more um, defensive work. There's more running to the contest. So well done to him. Uh, Sydney v Hawthorne, I'm not sure how long we should spend on this, apart from the fact that nobody, Franklin. We saw um, Logan McDonald kick five, and it was a good five too. It wasn't just a mm. lead-up forward five. He kicked them from outside 50. Um, they're, prem- Mark- mate, they're,
1: they're premiership contenders, no question. Collingwood, yeah. Sydney, and probably Melbourne now, but those two in particular. Collingwood have got better. Sydney are super. They're young blokes, Chatty Warner and Aaron and all the rest of it, mate. Yep. And your blokes, the spoon beckons, my friend. I think you t- I- didn't you Tim for the eighth? No, please. Oh, I, t- I t- to sit- it would- bottom three. They bottom that's three. right. They wouldn't win the spoon. Well, geez. And 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 they've been accused of tanking now, tanking via, oh, please. tanking via the um, what do they call it? You know, list management. And may have they done the right? They've cut too deep, haven't they? You've seen Tom Mitchell at Collingwood. They, they must be thinking, what did we do? Let him go
0: for? And Jager, did they cut too deep quarters? We'll get onto that in a second. But just before I mention Hawthorne, I'll mention Joel Amarty too. Four goals from him. They're talking about him being the next Wayne Carey, which is a little bit silly. That's a big call, but. He certainly looks the part, doesn't he, and, and look forward to seeing him develop throughout the year. Um, You're no, avoiding talking about the Hawks, are you, mate? No, no. Well, if you talk about Hawthorne tanking, unfortunately for Hawthorne supporters, I've put my hand up here, if you look at the stats, mate, Hawthorne had a fair bit of contested footy. Hawthorne pretty well matched Sydney in hands on the footy. Uh, so they're not – they're trying. The unfortunate part of that is that they're just not good enough at the moment. So
1: Because they got just, rid of their good players.
0: Yeah, they did get well. They've still got good players. I think the players you're talking about uh, are Tom Mir- Tom Mitchell and Jager O'Meara. Now, in both instances, we were a very slow midfield. We were regarded as the worst and the slowest midfield in the competition last year, Hawthorne. So uh, what are you going to do? You're going to fast-track players? Yes, you need experience in there to help them learn, and that's the big critique on what Sam Mitchell's done. But... I mean, is he what backed? Do you want to do? Is
1: he too confident? Is he backed himself? Sam Mitchell th- thinks he's a super coach. Turn it around quickly, and now going, or is it just two games in? Okay, it's early days. Let's wait to see if this experiment this cut too deep because they must have sat around and go, "How can we rebuild this club to to win a premiership?" Well, both. I think it's we have to get rid of a Brownlow medalist and one of the world's best blokes, um, Jay O'Meara, who goes all right too. Yeah, okay, we're doing it. That's a big
0: call, was not it? Yeah, it was a big call. I think it's a bit of faith. Yes, he's backed himself. He's obviously got the backing of the board. Has he got a contract
1: be... that says for, he's got the next 10 years or so? He must have a contract
0: that says C- you're here for five C- years, is he? or Certainly not. But uh, I think he, I think Hawthorne is prepared for a bit of pain, and uh, I think all the supporters are too. What did you make of St Kilda uh, once again under Ross the boss? I'll tell you what they do do. They turn the ball over and they move it on really quickly. Um, Mate,
1: how good is how good is Ross the boss? How good has his comeback been? They, they, like I was questioning and he is a great coach in the first five years, isn't he, at a new place? He really turns to join around and then sometimes his message can wear off because it's he's fairly arduous on people. But I tell you what, they're looking what Mateus Philippou. Philippu the, the Pooh. What about the Pooh? How
0: is well. he gonna be? I'll also throw in Owens, who kicked three goals at the weekend, and a kid called Caminiti looks pretty good too. Mm. But you also look at the way... I mean, they're missing, I think, 14 players at the moment, St Kilda. So, look, I think there's there's definitely a sugar hit. He's definitely got them playing a different brand of footy, and it's a really entertaining brand of footy. It's not often we've said no, that about it, Ross it, Lyon. It's Coach so, side. Well,
1: yeah, it's it's better than it was. Jack Steele's going to go out, isn't he, as well? It's so. unfortunate for him. So he was
0: he's, well, he's their best player at the weekend. Mate, if they beat
1: Essendon without Jack Steele and they go 3-0, and mate, that's that's a monstrous achievement. Monstrous.
0: It is, I agree. Let's talk about the other team, though, the Western Bulldogs, a team I had finishing pretty high at the start of the year now. Top four, so, without doubt, oh yeah, I had him second. I think <laughs> without well, it's only early, Barra, but without oh. doubt, without doubt, they're the most disappointing team so far. I mean, they're they're similar to um, to Fremantle. They've got a, a forward line that's finding it hard to rediscover itself at the moment, and a, a midfield that's clearly missing Dunkley, and um, I mean, they've who else? They lose Hunter, so they're they're. A bit thin there now, and but for how, me, how can they? How the, can
1: their for, their midfield? For, I mean, Dunkley must have been the linchpin. He was the bloke doing all the hard work in the behind the scenes because they've still got those stars, but their midfield's crap, and the well, alarm bells must be ringing. Is it Bevo, mate? Now, I hate to ask you this question, but is Bevo the problem?
0: He's got a couple of years on his contract, so under the soft cap, as you know, Barry. I love it, Bevo, by the way, but is he? Yeah, the Yeah. Well. There's missing mojo at the moment. There's just something. You know what's not there is that frenetic run to the contest, that willingness for the one percenters. It's just not there at the moment. So whether that's Bevo, whether that's the players themselves, I'm not sure what the answer is. Only they know with, with inside the kennel. But I'm not writing them off yet. But, jeez, they look they look ordinary so far. Richmond v Adelaide at Adelaide Oval on Saturday. I was intrigued by this game. I picked Adelaide. Actually, I picked Richmond in... I, I, I sort of switched my bets a bit in this one, but um, picked Adelaide in some and Richmond in, in others. But you um, Richmond, Ad- why, did, why did you pick Adelaide? Because I thought they were okay week one against GWS, and I wasn't convinced about Richmond, and they are at home. I almost got it right. They came came within one point in the final quarter before... And got spanked Richmond, in the last before, quarter. Yeah, before Richmond blew them away. Mate, but, their
1: midfield's a worry, the Crows. There's no, there's no question about it. And I reckon you're underestimating the Tigers. Kotchin mm. was great late. Their recruits are obviously looking good. And they're resting. Dusty's obviously not well because I think they subbed him again, didn't they? So, you know, that, well, they I, subbed him late pull, in the game. Yeah. I'd pull him back as well. Hey, just going back to the bullies, you know they got Melbourne this week too, mate. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Melbourne uh, was I, I
1: reckon you can start saying that they're not going to make top four, mate. Feel yeah, comfortable well, about sure. that.
0: Haven't made my mind up on, on that tip yet, actually. I yeah. know oh, the doggies have got Brisbane. Got Brisbane at Marble Stadium on Thursday night. Oh,
1: it's Brisbane, is it?
0: Right. Yep, so that's yep.
1: well, yeah.
0: So they're an opportunity. I'm not writing them off yet, but uh, look, uh, Collingwood Port Adelaide. Now before we, we'll go through this one quickly, but look at Collingwood at the moment. Um, I think twenty twenty two they were seventeenth to clearances, they're now first. Mm. Um, contested ball was an issue, it's not anymore. Maybe Tom Mitchell has made an um, impact there. But I think Darcy Cameron had 16 oh. contested possessions playing in the ruck at the weekend. How
1: underestimated is he?
0: He's um, fantastic. And the, other, the other interesting point is the use of Nick Dakos Now, um, there's been some fascinating stuff. Uh, hang on, hang on. I just want
1: to replay this thing from you yeah. last week. okay uh, could you get that bit where Quarters um, says Port versus Collingwood this weekend too. So, yeah. the interesting... Great Appar- game. Apparently, Port have got some plans. It's a battle of the uh, the prison bars, of course. Uh, yep. Port have got some plans for Nick Dacos. So we'll see if anyone can stop Nick Dacos because well, he to, was sensational. It won't embarrass you, but I'm pretty sure you said Port should just tag him and he'll come back to the field. How did that go? Well, I don't know if I said he'd
0: come back to the field, but I said that they should tag him. <laughs> oh, hang on, um, mate. He
1: was best on ground. Craig did <laughs> actually dared, him, dared to him, tag him to do it. And they. And they and tried, they tried that, blo- you, they tried with that poor young bloke. <laughs> he was going. And then the commentators were going, get down there, get down there and tag him. He was kicking out from goals.
0: <laughs> well, you tag a bloke when he's so, down there. So what they're doing with Nick Dakos, clearly they've got that that game. Um, it's a very fast game. It's really entertaining to watch.
1: He's the best player got- in
0: the comp. Though. He could be in the Brownlow, couldn't he, Nick? Well, Clearly. Clearly, but forty nine percent. I think of his possessions were from handball received. So you can see what they're doing, and they're doing this clever stuff at the stoppages where he's moving between the wing and half back. So um, and they're doing that with Pendlebury's side bottom, uh, and and also with his brother Josh Dakos. So there's a bit of confusion at the stoppages at what they're doing, mm. and it's working really well for him at the moment. I think that. You've almost got to tag the system, don't you? <laughs> <The> system, rather <laughs> than tag, tag Nick Dacov. Well, because... you
1: know, Damien Hardwick—it's his job this week, so it'll be very interesting to see <laughs> what he comes me. up with against. Oh, just before we move what on that game, game I'll,
0: I'll just—I'll just make one point about that game uh, or about Collingwood in particular. A couple of years ago, we we're talking about the disastrous fire sale where they had to unload Trelaw, Stevenson, Phillips, and later in a separate. Um, um, mm-hmm. Maneuver was Grundy um, They've got Mitchell, they got Bobby Hill they got um, Dan McStay If but you make a Melbourne
1: link, if you make a Hawthorne link Here mate, I'm switching you off Alright, don't try wha- to tell me what Hawthorn's doing is what Collingwood did
0: Please No, no, what I'm saying is we were very critical And I was very critical of Collingwood a couple of years ago I don't like salary dumping I, I hate it in fact okay. But, but they've, they've, they've got rid of Treloar, Stevenson, Phillips Um and later Grundy, and they were criticised for it. Well, how's it looking now? Yeah. It's looking okay, isn't
1: it? And let's flip over to Port, mate, and say, how are they looking? Jason Horn, lacey I reckon I knew it. I knew it. Was, Preston, I, yeah. I, I knew, and I'm not saying bit that Jason now. I don't want to say this. I'm saying this about Port. That going into the showdown, it was a false dawn last week. We overthought them. We thought, oh, geez, they look good. And they came back to the field. Collingwood absolutely pantsed and with 70-odd points, wasn't it? And there was a couple now, and you know what's horrible is the media's now focusing on Jason Thorn-Francis and a couple of instances where he didn't chase. And, and he's that bloke in his second year. It's, I find that a, a, bit, a bit harsh, you know what I mean, on a, on a young bloke and his
0: mental health and all the rest of it. But well, what did you think? Well, I, what I didn't like was the Collingwood crowd booing him because, I mean, what connection has he got to Collingwood? And I fear that this is going to be something that's going to happen now with him particularly in Melbourne. Mm. Um, I certainly hope it doesn't happen over here, and there's no reason it should. Clearly, there's a, um, a dislike of the fact that he's, been, he's moved on after one year, and there's a big similarity there. Nathan Buckley, remember was the number one draft pick at the Brisbane Bears and he moved to Collingwood after a year. It was a bit of an irony there. How did that um, how did that go, by the way? Did that go it went, it went, it went all right and it'll go well. It just for Jason three Horn premierships,
1: Francis. that's all that happened there. Yeah.
0: But Jason <laughs> Horn Francis well I think he won, he won seven or eight Copeland trophies, so he's one of the greats of that club. If not the I wonder I wonder if places.
1: you ask Sparks mate, you wish you stayed at Brisbane and won those three flags, what he'd say.
0: Yeah, oh, well, I mean, you, you've got to move got forward. Got seven Copelands.
1: That that just doesn't cut it. Well, you can't hug those in bed. <laughs> oh, you might. You know what I mean? But anyway,
0: look, I, I think Port Adelaide, I'm not, I'm not jumping off them yet. I think they won't be the first team to go to the MCG and get pants yeah, by true. Collingwood. Yeah, cool. I don't know.
1: There's a big margin, though, and... And I don't want to say he's lazy at the moment, the young bloke, but he's lazy at the moment because that's what happens with young blokes. They just – yeah, they don't. sometimes I w- they don't chase. And, ha- and the stars do it too. Dangerfield and, you know, Fifey probably never did it. Cuzzy never did it, you know, because they had Rowan Jones doing the job. They all do it.
0: Now, uh, And uh, finally, we'll go on to the – we've talked about Brisbane and Melbourne already, but um, Thursday night, Carlton's along, uh, Carlton – Franks, their effort from round one, which was pleasing. Charlie Curnow, superstar, always can play too. Geelong, concerns, zip and two. And I don't know, they've got... um
1: Gold they've got Coast. the Gold Coast, mate. So, oh, they've got a benign draw going forward. So I think they bounce back. No panic Ooh. stations. Nice draw coming up. Selwood's out. Duncan's not playing. Hawkins looks sore. Uh, Chris Scott, you back him in and think, you know, they start turning it around. I mean, it's not, It wasn't ideal, and you wouldn't expect Premiers to do that. With Carlton, though, they should play finals now. You know, I'm happy to say... They should play finals based on uh, evidence of two rounds. I know it's only two rounds, but made a big statement. As you mentioned, Curno, they were very clever in signing Curno on a big deal. Everyone thought, wow, they've done the right thing here. He hasn't played much. It turns out he is an absolute superstar. And I know the other clubs are trying to get him. So, Blues fans, and isn't it great to have the Blues around and up in it, and that song, la da 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 da? I actually think it's great for the comp that the Blues are there. And we go back to it, don't we? Go back to Bazasto and all the greats, Kenny Hunter, all the Carlton blokes that came from Western Australia. Sensational.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, I'll, the last thing I'll say is I'm going to be picking Geelong this week, but don't think it's just a, a lay down air. No, you
1: Hot right. and
0: steamy up there, hot and steamy up there. Got a bit of an upset. You're getting
1: emotional about Carlton, mate, there. What? Or is that your voice
0: going? That's just my voice, mate. <laughs> Sarah, now it's time for this. <laughs> Saddle up your camel. Is that cool? It's time for the Thirsty Camel mailbag. Yes, thank you to Thirsty Camel. And um, they've got some um, an exciting new website that's been launched. See all the specials, locations, comps, um, and articles and shop online at www.thirstycamel.com.au.
1: Barra, what have you got for us? Oh, mate, some sensational emails this week. And thank you to the people who have sent them in, Joel and Connor. And I'll mention all your names. But quartersandbarra at wanews.com.au. And that, yes, that sound effect of the camel was done by quarters while he was not well. Hey, boys, I just got home from the Dockers-Ruse game very deflated. Not even an ice-cold chook could pick me up. <laughs> this is from Joel. I look totally devoid of any confidence. You could almost see the panic in their faces at times when they were trying to make a decision of, about where to move the ball. I don't think adding Jackson and O'Meara can make the difference. What's going on? Is losing Josh Carr over the summer the telling difference in the
0: midfield quarters? Geez, that's a really interesting point. <clears throat> I don't think so. I think, I, I think it's two rounds. Let's hold our judgment. They lose this week. It's going to be pretty hard to play finals. We can make that call after Sunday's Derby. I'll tell you what is interesting. The one area of the field I fear for the most is the forward line, and Jamie Graham is the forward coach, who's massive reps on Jamie Graham. If you look at his history of everywhere he's gone, he's been a success. So Mm. you'd lock him in to get this right. But I'll tell you what, he'd be having a few sleepless nights at the moment. Well, what
1: about the senior coach, the irony? Where did he play?
0: In the forward line. yeah. So, they've
1: got some idea. Connor, yeah, that's a great email, too. That, I reckon that mention of Josh Carr, yeah, yeah, like when Sam Mitchell left West Coast, is there something yeah. in that? All right, so Connor. Connor says, hey, team, uh, sorry, quarters, but Hawthorne are Horrific. By their own creation And the AFL needs to change the system Which rewards failure quarters The equalisation draft Doesn't work so instead the AFL should adopt The raffle system with a twist of Dividing the raffle into two groups of six Supporting the lower clubs while Encouraging clubs to win as much as possible That way the clubs in 10th, 11th And 12th are hunting finals Right up till the last game Because they might even still get the first pick I suppose Interested
0: in your thoughts quarters um couldn't agree more i am actually all for a lottery i think it disincentivizes um you know what you would refer to as a tanking barra i don't think hawthorne's tanking but um when while i say i am all for a lottery just not this year mm.
1: yeah okay <laughs> all right so matt in gero so we're going around the state here he says uh g'day fellas enjoying the pod I've been pretty shocked to see how many Frio supporters have been on social media, including some high-profile supporters saying things like, keep calm, we're still improving. It's got me thinking. We've got to start thinking like our crosstown cousins at West Coast right now. Murray might be a, a closet West Coast fan, I think. We need to start demanding more of our club and this team in particular. We're not rebuilding anymore and if you're not absolutely filthy with, what, with what's been produced in the opening two games then maybe you secretly enjoy seeing being a lovable loser uh, that's I want,
0: a really really good email from Murray he, he goes um, on
1: here just this one line one more line he says I want to hear JL and Pierce come out and say We've, we're not, we haven't been good enough and we will do better no excuses given yeah
0: look that's Again, I'll repeat, let's just – it's two rounds. Let's panic in a couple of weeks. I don't think there's any point in panicking right now. We know what their best is, is good enough. The good thing about Frio is I think – I believe they're in the premiership window. Right now, they don't look like they are, but certainly the list suggests they are. They're, they're Very the young, though, season.
1: mate. Th- that's the only thing, mate. I think you need to have a think about their age and their experience because yeah. I compared it. I actually got Ryan to compare it with North Melbourne. And they're very similar. And you saw what Clarko was doing. He was down on the boundary. He was basically umpiring as well as coaching. But he was obviously down there thinking, I've got a young squad. They've got to learn this new system. Um, I'm very hands-on. So I think people forget how young they are as well, quarters, eh?
0: It's a good point that North Melbourne didn't play finals last year and North Melbourne didn't win a final last year. Fremantle did. So I sort of agree with Murray in that I think they've got to raise the bar in terms of expectations. The good news for them is I think they'll get it right at some point. And um, they've got a couple of years now. I think it's it's going to be a. I think the the, the window is open for a couple of years. So um, you know, don't lose faith, Fremantle supporters. That's a very good email.
1: All right. So for, just for the record, the average age of the Dockers is twenty five on the weekend, and the average age of the North Melbourne team was twenty five. And mm-hmm. North Melbourne had two thousand with that, with North two thousand three hundred games experience, and the Dockers had eighteen hundred games experience. So they were actually more experienced, the North team. Here's a good one. Hey, fellas, this is from Mitch of WA. Mitch, it's been previously mentioned that WA could get the gather round uh, and we would use Optus Stadium. Why can't we also use the Wacker? I went to the Wacker on Sunday to watch the Shield final. How good was WA? Six titles in a row. It's incredible. Before strolling over the Madagorup Bridge to watch the Eagles, the condition of the Wacker was fantastic. How about this? I've done the draw. Thursday night, Carlton Collingwood, Optus. Friday, Arvo Bulldogs, Essendon, Wacker. Friday evening, Fremantle Geelong, Optus. Saturday lunchtime, Brisbane Port, Optus. Saturday afternoon, Sydney St Kilda, Wacker. Saturday night, West Coast Richmond, Optus. Sunday lunch, (laughs) Gold Coast and GWS. Either June up or Leederville oval. <laughs> uh, Sunday nah. afternoon, Adelaide North Melbourne Wacker, Sunday night, Melbourne and Hawthorne Optus. He's a big rap for uh, for the for the Suns and that.
0: What do you think? Uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure. Look, I think I don't mind the Wacker idea. Certainly it's only going to be the Wacker and Optus Stadium, but it's going to have a reduced capacity given redevelopment there at the Wacker. But I think Optus Stadium, with backing themselves in, I don't see there's any reason why they can't play all um, nine games at Optus Stadium. Spread it from Thursday through to the Monday. They can do it. Well, we'll have to have a look at that.
1: All right, so this is Raul. Uh, G'day, G-Men. Uh, so once again, Frio have been involved with a siren gate incident. I was at the game on Saturday night sitting in the Premiership Terrace, and I must say I struggled to hear the siren at the end of the game. This got me thinking, with all the latest LED technology that we've got at the stadium, when the siren sounds, the entire advertising signage should be in sync with the flashing colour, let's say orange, and words to the effect of, siren sounded, <laughs> or maybe, stop the game, <laughs> to help the officials determine the end of the game. Currently, the last four minutes are counted down briefly on each quarter via the sponsorship of Kennedy Watch Company on the LED signage, so I believe it will be an easy fix Having said that, is, I yeah. think that don't the umpires, they can hear the siren in their earpieces, don't they? So they get it straight away, don't they? So.
0: They do, but the boundary umpire didn't hear it, but that, there was a lot of noise there. Who was that email from, sorry, Barrett? I think it's Raul, isn't it? So, Raul, that is a sensational email. I love that idea of uh, around the advertising, um, around the ground saying, game over. Love it. You could almost, you could also have like the countdown clock around the ground the last 10 seconds. I think that's a fantastic idea.
1: He signs off as a long suffering Frio supporter and beer loving resident of South Perth. Hang in there. (laughs) Hang in there, (laughs) Rail. Hang in there. And last one from Sam. Hey guys, being in the media, both of you for so long, I'm 30 years. How long are you, Uh, quarters? Yeah,
0: I'm probably a bit longer, mate. No, a bit longer. Was there
1: ever a moment where you apologise to a player or coach after an interview or conference for presenting a question or comment that was too harsh or out of line?
0: Never apologise, but certainly I walked away from some conferences thinking, what did I just ask?
1: Yes. Sometimes
0: you just, you, you go to ask something and something else comes out of your mouth. Sometimes you get a bit foggy, but... Um, I, felt lot- ba-
1: I felt bad with Ken Judge, I've got to say, and this actually was a bit of a turning point for me because I went real hard at him and when he was under under pressure and he did actually get let go very shortly after that. And then I thought, wow, imagine if someone came to my workplace and started saying, you're going to get sacked soon. You're not doing very well, are you? I reckon you might get sacked. I mean, how bad would that be? And that must well, be, you know, it was horrible. Uh, so I never went after a bloke who could lose his job again. Mind you, I we did tell... Um, you Mate, sacked Damien Drum. We told Damien Drum he'd been sacked. <laughs> no, you sacked but that him. Was a, that was just a coincidence. <laughs>
0: oh, you sacked
1: the bloke, Barra. <laughs> Mate, it was just someone hadn't told him. It wasn't my fault, and and I handballed it to someone else anyway because I was a big softie. But anyway, that's, well, my, that's my story there. So that was from Sam, and that was a good email. It's certainly the
0: clubhouse leader at the moment, in my opinion. Look, thank you so much. Thank you for all your emails. Send them into Quarters and Barra. That's Barra with two R's at wanews.com.au. Please keep them short. Please um, put all your details there so we can uh, contact you if you win. You have been listening to the Quarters and Barra podcast. Choose Tab Touch. Better your bit with Tab Touch. Gamble responsibly. Please call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858. Barra, it's been a pleasure, and I look forward to talking to you on Thursday about the Western Derby, number 56. Mm -hmm. See you then, buddy. And what else Round 3 has in store for us? If you're a fan of the podcast, why don't you get in touch? Send your thoughts to the Thirsty Camel Mailbag at and Barra at wanews.com.au And don't forget to like, subscribe and, of course, tell your mates. This has been The Game with Quarters and Barra.